Welcome to Yingcast, our podcast for current and future leaders wanting to develop themselves further. Every month, the Alembic team discuss and share their thoughts on issues and topics that are common in the workplace. So welcome everybody to Yingcast. Today on the podcast, we have Rosanna, Ben, and I'm Alice. So last time um, we spoke about culture, the culture conundrum, and that was kind of around the elements of culture. So where does it start? Who does it start with? Um, what does culture mean? Because um, I think it's a bit of a term that's not always clear. Utilised correctly. Yeah, it's not universally defined. So Ben, David and myself um, just discussed that. If you haven't listened to it, um, then it's on all the normal sites, our YouTube, SoundCloud and on our website. Okay. So we know now we have more of an idea of what culture is, but why is it important to have a positive culture and what are the benefits of that? Why should you invest in your culture? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll kick off. I mean, last time we were talking about the roles and responsibilities of culture and where that lies and leadership as um, uh, having a big role in driving culture. Um, I think it was Drucker um, who said that culture is strategy for breakfast and so when um, strategy is on your priority list and what's on the strategic plan, what are you trying to achieve over the next few years, you have to go back to culture and think about how what's the why how are you going to be delivering that and what is going to make you the team and the people around you engage in that and so you can have the best strategic plan in the world but if you don't have the the team motivated engaged and feeling like they've got a clear role in that which I'm going to say is cultural mm-hmm. um, then it becomes redundant so you know the benefits of culture for me and having a positive culture is that you drive an engaged workforce in the whole of what you're trying to achieve achieve um, more than just the sum of the parts so for me I think the benefits of having a strong culture are that you can implement more quickly more effectively and everybody's contributing to whatever it is you're setting out to achieve and so it's about walking the walk and as a leader it's your responsibility to Yes, set the culture, but also set that for everybody else so they know what their role is and how they're going to play a part in it. Yeah. I would absolutely agree. And of course, the more energised people feel by the culture where they work, the more committed they are likely to be. So it will be harder for your competitors to steal away your human resources and the skills and knowledge of your team members if they feel very much at home within your organization they'll be more committed they'll want to stay for longer and they'll plan their own personal futures as part of your organization yeah it's more integrated into their whole life Mm -hmm. and you know I work a lot on motivation and we use motivational maps as a psychometric to you know gauge what drives people and how motivated people are because motivation is key to driving performance so if I'm Mm -hmm. not motivated by that project that piece of work 
I'm less likely to perform in that because I don't have the sense of engagement or commitment or I just don't feel like it's me. Um, and so you have to get to that point, you have to work out what's going to be motivating and that's going to be different for everybody mm-hmm. in the team as well. Because what's motivating for you, Ben, is not necessarily the same for me. And you have to sort of go and ask those questions and go, okay, if this is what we're trying to achieve as a whole, what's going to motivate you, Ben, in delivering that? And I think it raises a good question about retention because there's lots of data that is coming out or has been coming out over the last few years about um, people's average tenure in a job just reducing and reducing and reducing. And I think in the 25 to 35 year old bracket, the average stay of uh, an employee is three years. Hmm. And so even if you are serving their needs culturally, you know, last time you were talking about beanbags, whatever it is, um, it's acceptance that perhaps there is just a shortening life cycle of an employee, but then doesn't necessarily mean that they're not engaged and not motivated for the time that they're there. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting if generally people are not sticking with one firm or sticking within a job role for as long as they historically were. And I think that's the confusing. And I feel like that's confusing when you're thinking about investing in culture. Because mm-hmm. maybe maybe devil's advocate is, well, if people are just going to go anyway, because regardless of what I can offer them. I think I that's well, that's exactly why you should invest in culture. Because when just because one person is leaving, unless it's a very, very small company, there will be others left behind. And you want the, your culture to be strong enough that the loss of that one person isn't devastating to it and strong enough that it can adapt to new people who join and they will also feel integrated into your company culture because if they don't or if the people who remain no longer feel so committed and motivated then your overall performance is going to dip which is why it's so important to have a positive culture that can withstand the loss of some people and the gaining of others yeah yeah it shouldn't sit with just a few people that should be i mean ideally in an ideal world it should just be something that's there that everyone is invested in but i think also culture takes time and effort it's not an easy thing um it's not a quick fix and i think if you really work on culture could potentially be a sustainable and competitive advantage for you over your competitors because you can't by culture is something that you have to work on and that you can you have to build from scratch yeah one definition of culture is about doing the right thing at the right time and i think that defining those what's the right way to behave in that situation how should we be seen or i be seen what's the right way of doing this? I think you're right, it comes with observation, learning, discipline and practice. And, you know, when you're a child and learning to speak, you copy the people around you. Mm-hmm. And so you look up who's around you, look to your parents, and what are they saying? Um, which is why it's, you know, hilarious when, uh, you know, four or five year olds start saying, 
quite adult things, adult <laughs> phrases. And you think, where have you got that for? <laughs> well, it's just a copying behaviour. Um, and it's subtle, it's not explicit, that's implicit. You just pick up on things. Um, and cultures like that, you just pick up on things, you pick up on the way of doing things, you pick up on the way that, I don't know, whether it's the tea rounds or just the way that you pick up the phone or the way that you greet clients, whatever it is, they're, they're like the unwritten rules, aren't they? They're not really necessarily explicit, it's more implicit yeah. mm-hmm. that you pick up on over time. Which is why I think it's important to, as we were saying, in, in invest in, in that time-wise, effort-wise, resource-wise, because you don't want to have to write down always. It shouldn't have to be like writing on a wall or a quote on a wall. I mean, Mm -hmm. those are great, but it should be something, as you said, that's just known. Mm, You shouldn't have to have a big sign up saying, this is how we do the tea round here. Yeah, exactly. Um, One way of thinking about culture, I've got written down in front of me, is culture is social rather than individual it's local rather than universal it's learned rather than instinctive and evolved rather than planned and i think that really hits home to me what how to define it and then if you want to improve culture where to look Mm -hmm. so it's not about the writing on the wall but it's about the how are we learning from each other how are we localizing it to be meaningful for everybody and the social part is how how does it what does that mean when we come together um mm-hmm. so i think that's just a nice way of thinking about culture mm-hmm. um i guess the final point i was going to make is about productivity and profitability as um you know a real key impact of positive culture and how efficient you are when you're a high performing team with a great team behind you and a really good culture and atmosphere you become more efficient you problem solve more quickly you have that buzz and whatever it is that is always going to be good for the bottom line and so when you're thinking about culture it's um if you're not familiar with it or you haven't done an exercise to improve culture um it's easy to go to a fluffy um, intangible way of thinking about it but there is loads of research behind you know, companies with good culture are more efficient more productive and that's only beneficial for the bottom line and so it does link back to profitability really strongly so in summary we've spoken about culture and the, um, its importance in strategy implementation And so if you have a really positive culture and people are engaged and everyone's contributing, there's a really great atmosphere and people know their role and how they're making a difference, that can help with um, quicker strategy implementation. We also spoke about the importance of motivation in retention and loyalty. So if there's a good culture and people feel motivated by the culture, they're more likely to stay for longer periods of time. Um, as a leader, you can get involved and ask those questions about what drives people, what motivates them, um, and incorporate that. We also touched on the fact that culture shouldn't sit with just one person or a group of people. So it means that it's more fluid. So if people 
leave or new people join, that shouldn't be detrimental to the culture. The culture should be able to adapt. We spoke about efficiency and productivity and profitability. So a positive culture and atmosphere is likely to make people more efficient, uh, better at problem solving, which ultimately helps the bottom line. And finally, that culture has to be something that's tangible and that people can relate to and really get on board with. Thank you for listening to this episode of Yingcast. We hope you enjoyed it. To get the heads up on future podcasts, you can sign up to our mailing list through our website, alembicstrategy.com, in the Get Involved section. If you enjoyed this, then you might also be interested in our other events. You can sign up to our newsletter for updates on our latest events and articles. Also, look out for Strategy Cafe, our regular leadership webinar, where Nick, our MD, interviews prominent leaders.